On a summer's day in the month of May, a burly bum come a-hiking. He was walking down the land through the sugar candy. He was looking for his liking. And as he strolled along, he sang a song of the land of Middle Canada. Hey there, this is the Sounds of the Trail podcast, a place where we talk about the ups, downs, and switchbacks of trail life. It's time for a hike. Where a bum can stay for many a day, and he won't need any money. Man, I mean, there's <laughs> there's some times where... Uh, where you look out and and you look at the people around you to make sure that uh, that what you're looking at is really there, you know? <laughs> are they are they just as uh, you know slack jawed as you? And uh, today everybody up there was completely mesmerized and and taken in by the sunset, and it was it was just magical. And on top of that, the the mountain that we were on was uh, forming clouds, <laughs> so. Right in front of us, these clouds were forming in front of a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful sunset with all kinds of cotton, cotton candy colors, and it was perfect. It was absolutely perfect. Dear Sounds of the Trail listeners, it's so nice to be back. I feel like I have been gone for a very long time. It has been an entire month without an episode, so I guess welcome back both to you and to myself, most of all. For an entire month, I have entirely ignored this podcast, which is the first time that I have done so since the beginning of the year when I set everything in motion to do this project. In fact, I've been ignoring everything. Podcast, hiking, hobbies, my personal life, and I laid this entire month on the altar of income generation, as in my job, which some of you can perhaps identify with. So... I really thought that I'd be able to do at least one podcast during this past month, but instead it turned out that I signed up for one of the hardest, most thankless work shifts I've ever done. Uh, It wasn't wasn't so bad, you know? It can be sort of purifying to give yourself over to something as single-mindedly, to wake up with it and to sleep with it and sweat through it and know that in the end it is taking you a little closer to some final goal. In the meantime, you pause for a moment and marvel at the sun rising through the mist hanging over the canopy and how beautiful the early morning is before the sun gets higher and rains death rays upon you and you give thanks for your instant coffee, which is both tepid and black, but still carrying you through that second half of the mind-bendingly hot day. And while I've been wandering through my own world of heat and noise, a lot has changed on the trail. Through hiking season is over for all but the hardiest and best prepared. Part 3 has finished the trail. Kimchi has broken both of her feet. There is snow katahdin and the Cascades have put on their winter grays. At the beginning of the month, I celebrated my own one-year trail anniversary, And I think back on the end of the trail, and to me it's like a dream. I know that those last miles took the same effort as all of the rest of the miles, but when I think of them, it's like I was floating. And 
Every day on the trail for me led to that last golden week of an Indian summer and golden tamaracks lighting up the mountain passes, and I would do the entire trail over again, just for that last week. And you know, I sort of imagine the podcast, at least this, this part of the season for it, ending in the same way, euphoric and exhausted and utterly calm. But it doesn't work like that. Every trail is its own story, and every ending is different. And so we're going to try and tell the ending of the season as it is, and not how we expected. So, Sounds of the Trail is going to have to learn how to be off-trail, now that thru-hiking season is over, so to speak. And we have some ideas, and don't worry, we are going to continue broadcasting. But in the meantime, we have some loose ends to tie up, and we're going to start working through those and telling the end of the season. For today, I have just one interview with the last two hikers in the Appalachians still heading north. It may be the end of a season, but it's not quite the end of their season, so let's take a listen. <laughs> this is Kimchi with Sounds of the Trail, and I'm sitting on top of Smarts Mountain in the Fire Warden's cabin. It's an interesting little place, and it's pretty cold outside. I don't know, guys, how cold do you think it is out there? It's getting chilly. It might freeze tonight. We're looking at some pretty, pretty cold weather. Rock Ocean and I currently have left the White Mountains. <laughs> we finished up with them a couple of days ago, and we're currently almost to Hanover, which is the border of New Hampshire and Vermont. The weather's definitely changing, the leaves are changing, and we've seen snow on top of mountains already. So needless to say, I'm happy we're heading out of the high elevation. I do have to say that I met two awesome guys up at this sh at this cabin. We're spending the night with them in this cabin, and they are northbounders. I, I'm almost 100% positive that they're the last northbounders that are actually heading to Katahdin. So I think it would be really, really cool to introduce these guys to you and to see what's motivating them to keep going, why they're deciding to do what they're doing right now, and anyway, just who they are. So why don't we start out, I'm going to start out with this guy over here and let him introduce himself and then we'll move over to the other guy. <laughs> Hello, listeners. And thank you for having me. I'm uh, Smokey Bear from Capitan, New Mexico. And how old are you, Smokey Bear? I am 27. And how did you decide to start to hike the Appalachian Trail? My mother got me a book called Gatewood's Walk. It highlighted Grandma Gatewood who is a pretty famous hiker. If you haven't heard of her, you should look her up. And she really inspired me. I guess you could say, living life like a bucket list. And so I jumped on the trail. And when did you start the trail? March 14th. <laughs> Can you tell me what the date is today? Because I'm pretty sure you have an anniversary. Is, is today an anniversary day? It's October 14th. <laughs> oh man, so it's been seven months. Yeah. Okay. So it's been seven months, and you still have how many miles left, do you know? 400 and some. Okay. Actually, yep, you're yeah. just over 400 miles. So did you start the trail by yourself? I did. I started in Georgia. I had a good friend of mine drive me down from Ohio, and uh, he did the approach trail with me. I met a pretty cool group in Marion, Virginia, and I've been uh, hiking with my buddy, homegrown in Bailey since then. Awesome. And without further ado, we'll introduce 
Smokey Bear, Bear's uh, partner, and we'll kind of go around the same thing with questions for him. So why don't you introduce yourself? Hey, I'm Homegrown from Montrose, Colorado. How old are you? 27. Wow, you guys are the same exact age. That's awesome. Just had a birthday on the trail he did. Ah. It was in September. Nice. Happy birthday to you. Well, thank you. Believe it. <laughs> and then, so what made you hike the trail? Well, I was getting really tired of the daily 9 to 5, doing that every day and just getting nowhere and wanted to come out here for a bit of self-healing and it's always something I've wanted to do. So, finally had the chance, everything worked out and when did it? Why don't you tell us, all these other folks listening, who your other partner is? My other partner, my uh, best friend here is... My black lab, Bailey, she's uh, four years old right now, and she's been out been out here on the trail the whole time. She didn't do the Smokies, but she's been doing awesome. She loves it. She's the happiest dog in the world. I mean, she's got my vote for best trail dog, for sure. <laughs> she's definitely awesome. So let's talk about when you started the trail. What was your start date? Started March 29th. All right. And so what, I'm not trying to be rude, but what's taken you guys so long to get through the trail? Well, we uh, stopped to smell the flowers and IDM and all that. <laughs> so all the flowers in the beginning and, you know, we stopped for, we stopped for everything really and have a good time. We don't rush. We don't, you know, have set goals necessarily every night and, you know, give ourselves a lot of flexibility. Smokey Bear has had a few health issues, so we've had to stop. For that one time uh, in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, for two weeks, and then we've had other little bouts of sickness, so we've had to stop. And yeah, and we've had I don't know, probably sixty zeros already. Yeah, <laughs> that is awesome. This is awesome. So many people just kind of try and get through the trail. So it's cool that you guys are taking your time and and really just counting your zeros, which is great. Sixty zeros is impressive. So, I don't usually interject myself into interviews, but I wanted to take a quick moment here and sort of reflect on the timeline of these two hikers. Because this year on the Appalachian Trail, the big news has focused around two hikers who set the new fastest known times for the trail, one who was supported and one unsupported. Scott Jurek beat the previous record for the fastest known time as a supported hiker with a time of 46 hours... (laughs) 46 hours? 46 days and 8 hours beating Jennifer Farr Davis's record by just three hours. And Anish beat the previous record for unsupported hikers with a time of 54 days and seven hours, shaving four days off of her record. There has understandably been a lot of media time devoted to these two pretty incredible feats of human endurance. But to me, the more incredible thing is that the same trail that serves as the backdrop to these speed records and to these these incredible feats of, of human achievement is, is the exact same trail that has been home to Smokey Bear and Homegrown for the past seven months. Smokey Bear and Homegrown have taken more days off during their thru-hike than the total number of days it took either of the record holders to complete the trail. And, and that's not a judgment. I, I just think it's incredible that the magical thing about a long trail is that while it can serve as the backdrop to a brutal endurance event, and showing us both the limits and the possibilities of our human bodies. That exact same trail, that same path through the forests and mountains, can also be the place where two kids from the Rocky Mountain West learn the name of every spring flower that grows in the southern woods. 
I don't understand it, but somehow the trail manages to be everything to everyone. Anyhow, let's get back to Smokey Bear and Homegrown. So, Smokey Bear, why don't you tell me a little bit about how you and Homegrown met each other and how you became partners? I was hitching in from the trailhead, and there was another hiker, thank you, Zephyr, who was going to put me up in a hotel with him for the night in Marion, get a good resupply in, and then head back to the trail. Late, late, late that night, when all the hikers seemed to be asleep, there was a bit of commotion on the corner, so I naturally went to investigate. I was met with Homegrown. Savage, Breeze, Sunshine, Angel, and of course my favorite, Bailey. They invited me to hike with them the next day, and gosh, a thousand miles later, here we are. <laughs> you guys are, are entering a pretty serious partnership in general, because you, I think you literally are the last two Northbounders who, who are intending to, to end your thru-hike. I think that says a lot about your relationship and, and friendship and how well you guys probably get along all that being said, you're about to go into winter. Winter's starting. It's happening in the whites. I know. And I know it's like probably a touchy subject, but what are you guys what are you guys thinking right now as far as the next 400 and something miles? What's going through your head? I think it's going to be epic. I think it's going to be awesome. I can't wait for the snow. I think it's going to be beautiful. It's definitely going to be some new challenges with the cold and the ice and and the snow. But, you know, I'm really looking forward to it. I'm definitely going to need a little bit more gear to feel comfortable. Yeah, everything's going to work out awesome, and I think it's going to be a really great chance to experience something that most thru-hikers don't get to see. So, What about you? <sighs> man, it's nice to be back in the mountains. It was rough going through the middle part. Man, it was a hot summer. Water sources were dry. It was, uh, it was, it was tough some days to put one foot in front of the other. This adventure has turned into uh, something completely different. <laughs> when I was researching the trail in the beginning, it said absolutely nothing about crampons, or zero degree bags, or having to boil snow to get water. And those are things that I've had to research lately and step up to the plate and bat because this whole thing has changed for us, and I'm excited to see this next chapter for sure. It's kind of interesting to talk to both of you because I met another Northbounder this morning and he was getting off the trail. Mm. So we actually got to see him for his last, probably last like 10 or so miles. And he told us he was getting off the trail because the weather was about to get too cold. He was also older and by himself. Yeah. And he said something along the lines of, well, I take a blood thinner and I'm one fall away from bleeding to death on the trail. Oh. But he, I think... It's, there's something to be said to, to meet two guys who are really just going to get after it and keep going, even though they know what the weather's like ahead of them. And actually, Smokey Bear was telling us about the weather report up on Washington. You want to talk to me a little bit about the whites and what's going on? You're literally about to be there in like two days. Well, you know, you start researching the whites and winter climbing and, you know, you get led to a YouTube video watching somebody getting blown over by 100 mile an hour winds and... <laughs> And so, oh, okay, well, I'll look at the weather report because that, you know, that must not happen that often. And uh, sure enough, last week they got 99 miles per hour up there. <laughs> and, uh, and they've got snow. And, and some days, you know, you can go up and it's beautiful and it's sunny and you can see for 100 miles. And then there's other days that uh, make YouTube videos. <laughs> so all in the same, it's just 
it's going to be a whole new experience and and man I'm excited to see it this time of year. We're blessed enough to have fall in Vermont and New Hampshire. That's something that I think anybody hiking should should stick around and see. It's been beautiful. We feel very blessed. Rock Ocean and I are southbounding and I think it's weird like you just see less and less people on the trail and mo most of my friends almost all of my friends have completed the trail at this point mm -hmm. and so it's really interesting like I feel like we're seeing so many special things that most people never get to see totally, and you guys are about to see even more special things that nobody is going to see yeah. I guess my one of my biggest questions is how do you plan to summit Katahdin they Closed the mountains supposedly on October third, fourth, well, fourteenth, or whoa, it's like today, right? Yeah, that's <laughs> it's already going to be closed. I get. I think they might have closed it already. I'm not mm -hmm. sure on that. It's it's all going to work out. We're not exactly sure how it's going to happen. You know, I do know that you can still climb the mountain in the winter. We'll figure it out when the time comes. We know some people in Maine that can definitely help us out. What kind of gear changes are you making to sort of accommodate for what you're doing? Well, for right now, the main thing is layers, lots of layers, and we're getting some, let's see, we got micro spikes, some zero degree sleeping bags. Um, that's what we have for now. I think that'll suffice. But later on, we might have to get crampons and get the, you know, ice axes shipped out and all that. We'll see as the how the weather goes. Maybe we'll have a, a mild fall or, you know, it could be a couple feet of snow by the time we're done. I don't know. So we'll see what happens. So all now that we've talked about all like the, what are you going to do? Blah, blah, blah. Why don't you tell me about some of the things you're really, really, really excited about? Well, you know, winter's really awesome. It's, it's a lot different than hiking in any, at any other time of the year. It's really special. You go out there and it's it's so calm and peaceful and serene and it's really just an amazing experience to get back with mother nature and you know it can be it can be pretty wicked the weather can get bad and deadly but at the same time like the solitude and just uh, the quietness and just it's it's amazing and that's what I'm looking forward to it's just that whole new experience and what about you oh man it's uh, it's certainly a different feel with with the hikers being gone. Um, you get a handful of day hikers, and so it's uh, it's gonna be interesting to be on a trail that normally has so much traffic. We don't, we don't think we're gonna be seeing that many people, so it's gonna have a whole different, whole different effect being on that mountain and looking around and not seeing 10 other puffies. It's gonna be a wild experience, and it's gonna, man, it's gonna be beautiful. And uh, I've never been, I've never been this far north it's a whole different set of mountains that that I know I'm excited I'm real excited yeah you guys are both from the west and you specifically are from a place where it's mostly warm right yeah we do get we do get snow we've got the ski mountain there the, st the sun's still shining here it seems to be a little bit more of a a wet cold <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah so and man when the clouds move in it'll change your day right now we're kicking through so many different colors there's oranges and reds and just fiery colors all over the forest and uh it doesn't it doesn't take long to to look around and, and find something to smile about when you take this long on the trail it's hard to do it unless you're extremely wealthy 
These two are not extremely wealthy. The only reason they're doing this is because they really want to finish. They love being on the trail. They love everything that's surrounding them, and they just want to keep keep crushing it, I guess. I wanted to ask you if you were going to continue bringing Bailey with you, even as the weather gets really cold. Well, Bailey grew up in Colorado. She's climbed a handful of 14ers with me in winter. So she's she's doing awesome, and I think she'll continue to do really good. But, you know, we'll have to see, you know, as time goes on, if her... You know, if it started looking rough, then I'll have to consider doing something with her. But that's that's really a last resort. But her health is, you know, of course, the most important thing. And that's why she's still here and still rocking, you know. Now we get to the fun stuff. So what, I'm just going to ask you for a quick second, like, what were you doing before you got on the trail? You know, I was I was working at a landscape nursery and last summer actually I uh, broke my leg pretty bad and uh, I'd had two surgeries on that so all summer I was in a cast and you know it was really a miserable experience I was I was just kind of you know I was definitely depressed at the time so that's you know a lot of the reason why I got here too yeah that's that's what I was doing before the trail not much a not much of anything special definitely nothing to be making me real real happy you know <laughs> so this has been a this has been an awesome experience and what about you what were you doing before you got on the trail oh man i was uh i guess summertime came and i went to see some family texas and new mexico and i went to see a friend in uh california took up a job shortly after that in georgia i was gonna head back to new mexico and my dad got sick so i went up to see him in ohio and winter came so I spent the winter with them, making sure he made it back to good health and keeping the fire stoked. <laughs> and that's when my mom gave me that book about uh, Grandma Gatewood. And so it didn't take me long to to know that I was gonna I was gonna hike the trail. Then I ended up here. It's certainly a life changer. So what what do you think your favorite part has been about the trail so far? It's really hard to explain to people how it changes you. You know, I've described things like just standing in a place and looking out at everything around me and crying because I don't understand what I'm looking at. It's so beautiful. And just realizing how free, actually free I am or how I don't need anything or so like what was your what's your favorite part of the trail been and if you can't even describe it. I started the trail and I kind of thought that I'd have uh maybe a little bit of time to myself. <laughs> and you start with a you start with a small army. And so the idea that I was going to be in the woods by myself quickly changed. And I found myself surrounded by people. And it took me a little while to accept my surroundings. And I realized quickly that it was the the people that ended up making this trail. It's the people that showed up when we needed a hitch to get into town to get food or on a cold rainy night coming into town, somebody whistling us to their front porch and asking us to stay in. It's, uh, it's completely restored my faith in humanity. And if for any second you're having a day <laughs> and you're thinking, then there's just, there's no hope. There's no hope left. And, and you want to throw your arms up and quit. Find some time and go and hike and get out because the, uh, the mountains are medicine. And, and I, I believe that a hundred miles in, and I believe it seventeen hundred miles in, and it's uh, it's been my favorite part is knowing that there's still good people out there that want to help.
That's awesome. That's beautiful. It's amazing because so many people that I interview answer the question in that with that answer. And what about you, Homegrown? What do you think that your favorite part about the trail has been so far? Well, this might sound a little weird to people that aren't on the trail, but it's it's something weird that you really learn to, to see out here, and that's that like everything works out perfect, beautifully, as it should be, you know? It's really just insanely crazy. It's like having, it's like having powers or something. You know what I'm saying? You put stuff out there, and and it appears. Like let's say you lose your sunglasses. Well, two days later, you walk up and you see a pair of sunglasses sitting on the stump. You know what I'm saying? There's some sunglasses or a jacket hanging up in the tree, or just I mean, there's a million examples, and it happens every day. You know, when we're low on money, somehow we always get through. And it's if you just believe. Like, it will happen, and uh, and so that's been something, well, the main thing that's been just super awesome out here. It's very freeing knowing that, you know, everything's, everything will work out perfectly if you, if you just let it. I think that's my favorite part about being on the trail as well, and it's kind of interesting. You guys both basically mentioned having faith. I'm not a religious person at all. That's not where I'm going to take it, but... I think that's true. Like, if you're out on the trail and you kind of have faith in yourself that you're going to keep going and you put it out there and it always works out. It really does. This trail is kind of interesting, too, because it throws a lot at you, like a ton. There are a million, million obstacles. Yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of like if you if you can kind of get through it and you have every intention of really just going through with it and kind of having a relationship with it, then it will work out. Yeah. There is There is a lot of faith to it, but, I mean... It's not like, uh, we're not completely inexperienced going out here. I did a bunch of winter climbing in Colorado, so I do know my way around um, some snow and ice. Now, the weather here on the East Coast can be, I guess, a little bit colder and windier and wetter. But, you know, I mean, we, we have some experience, and but yeah, you know, it's a lot of faith getting through the whole thing. It's not just a day climb. It's We still have another, you know, 400 plus miles, so... You know, it's there's going to be a lot of challenges still, and this is probably going to be the definitely be the hardest part of the trail for us, I think. What do you think? When do you think you're going to finish? Just curious. Hopefully, sometime before Christmas. <laughs> is that your goal? I think we'll finish in. I don't know. That's a hard one. Maybe five, six weeks. Yeah. Five or six weeks. All right, that's that's good, and you can actually do that. That's ambitious, which is crazy because Rock Ocean and I have literally taken two months to get here. Yeah, it's probably going to be closer to the six weeks. <laughs> yeah. You know, it depends on how much we're going to have to slow down because of the weather. But, you know, we haven't been in any hurry yet. Really, the only thing that's going to be pressing us forward is just, I mean, when temperatures are below zero, it starts, you know, getting a lot harder to, you know, especially have, like, Bailey around and... And do stuff. So we don't want to be out in, you know, December or January if we can help it. We'd like to get done sometime in November, but, you know, we'll see. So what do you think your kind of your goals are, uh, except for just finishing by Thanksgiving, like for yourself mentally and physically, I guess, going forward? Yeah, I mean, not to be too cliche, but one step at a time. Nature doesn't hurry. Everything's accomplished. So I think we'll I think we'll do just fine. As far as goals go, just get there. That'll be nice. And then obviously you guys are really going to finish this together. You're seeing it through to the end. Is that right? Yeah, definitely. At this point, 
yeah, we're stuck together. You know, it wouldn't be the same thing if I had to do it by myself. And, you know, so yeah, we're definitely in it for the long haul. But it's, it's not a challenge at all, you know, hiking. That's all hiking together. So it's been nothing but an awesome experience, so. A lot of people who are partners who hike, they, this is always a common question, and a lot of people ask Rock Ocean and I this question as well, but do you guys hike together? Do you have your own pace? How does that work out? For the most part, we hike together. Every now and then, one of us will jump up a little bit ahead, but it's never, it's generally not not too far, so, you know, nice. never too far away. And so how do you feel about that? A lot of people like solo hiking. Do you guys kind of like talk a lot when you're hiking? Some people talk, some people don't. Yeah, well, I started by myself with that whole idea of this wilderness experience. I started hiking at night to avoid the crowds and just stay away from the people. And I got a couple hundred miles in hiking at night. <laughs> Went through a lot of batteries. <laughs> and then when we started hiking together, it was neat to meet somebody on the trail that had an ID book for wildflowers. It's like, oh, cool, I have a fern one. You guys, you want to be friends? <laughs> <laughs> and so that worked out really well. When we hike, you know, the, the conversations about uh, irregular irregular hiker stuff so food we'll talk about you know oh, what food we're missing and uh, maybe talk about driving a car that's that comes up quite a bit and then we'll get distracted and he'll quiz me on a on a tree or a leaf or I'll quiz him on a mushroom or a fern so it is nice to have somebody uh, somebody around that has that same kind of mentality of being aware of what's around you and and taking that opportunity to learn something you guys seem like you don't have any problems sharing responsibility, and it seems like you guys sort of like each take turns doing certain things. Do you think that you kind of worked that way in regular life, or do you think it just kind of started to like make sense as a partnership? I don't know. It just it, It's just kind of the way it is. There's not really any effort involved. I think we both just want to help each other out. We're, you know, of course, sharing with you know everything we have you know his stuff is my stuff and my stuff is his stuff and and all that so yeah it's it's not really anything to work at it just it just simply works i didn't ask you the like it's not a negative question but what do you think the biggest challenge for you has been on the trail man biggest challenge i mean each day uh each day you're faced with a challenge you have to decide how you're going to handle that. You can uh, you can get upset about it and scream and yell and have all the squirrels look at you, <laughs> or uh, or you take a deep breath and uh, try to roll with it and flow with it. But to to come up with a specific uh, specific trial, and uh, I can't think of something. That's awesome. Well, good. I mean, it seems like you're really going to make it to the end. <laughs> what about you, Homegrown? Have you had any kind of challenges along the trail that you can think of that have kind of stood out for you in any way? You know, I really haven't had hardly any challenges. The, you know, the one challenge that comes to mind was trying to find a place to to take Bailey while I was going into the Smokies. And while I was sitting outside of Fontana Dam, outside the hotel... You know, real awesome guy Steve Claxton came up and and he offered uh, you know help us out and then eventually he took Bailey uh, up to a kennel and and did all kinds of nice stuff for us free of charge and and it all worked out but you know that was that was a bad moment I, I was lost I didn't know 
I didn't know what I was going to do with Bailey. It was just a huge pain in the butt. You know, within hey, within 30 minutes, it all turned out to be fine anyway. So you just got to be patient and all work out, like I said. Again, like sometimes the people who listen to this sort of complain that we don't describe things well enough out here. Do you guys want to describe watching the sunset in the fire tower? Which one of you wants to kind of give a description of that? Jeez. Man, I mean, there's <laughs> there's some times where, uh, where you look out and... And you look at the people around you to make sure that uh, that what you're looking at is really there. You know, are, are they are they just as uh, you know slack jawed as you? And uh, today, everybody up there was completely mesmerized and and taken in by the sunset. And it was it was just magical. And on top of that, the the mountain that we were on was uh, forming clouds. So. Right in front of us, these clouds were forming in front of a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful sunset with all kinds of cotton cotton candy colors, and it was perfect. It was absolutely perfect. Do you want to give me your description, Homegrown? What do you think it was like being up there? Well, it seemed like the entire forest down there is on fire with the fall colors. It, it's so beautiful, and then, of course, the, the cloud coming over and... And just the contrast between, you know, the dark kind of stormy sky in the background and then the sun beaming through on the on all the reds and the yellows and the oranges. It's it's just amazing. You got the wind up there, it's definitely howling. It's probably twenty mile an hour winds and and it's cold. Man, it's just beautiful. Beautiful. I agree. That sunset was totally worth it. It mm-hmm. was amazing just to stand up there and stand it we we all climbed up into this old abandoned fire tower. Some of the windows were smashed out, and the wind was just, like, howling through these windows, and all of us are just standing up there, cheeks rosy, super, super, super excited. Yeah. <laughs> didn't don't didn't know each other, like, earlier today, and I felt really happy and very connected with these guys. Talking to these guys has definitely changed my attitude in so many ways, and hopefully anyone that's listening to this will be more ambitious to do the things that they're a little bit scared to do. <laughs> have a little more faith in doing them and move forward and being positive. So if there's anything you want to say to anyone who's listening out there, what would you say to them? This is my favorite part. <laughs> Thank you, mom. <laughs> I'm sitting here in this shelter, not shivering. The sleeping bag is perfect. <laughs> awesome. That's a good one. And for you, what would you want to say to anyone? Could be anyone that's listening. Could be anybody. I just say get out here. You know, there's there's always a million excuses you can make for for not wanting to come out here, you know, even if it's just a day hike. But, you know, once you actually get out here, you'll be happy you did. So, just you just got to do it. Thanks a lot, guys, for letting me do this and for not sitting in your sleeping bag. <laughs> Let me take you out of your sleeping bag. Or now, on this cold mountaintop blustery evening i'm signing out i'm kimchi and you are smoky bear and he's signing out and this is homegrown and uh don't forget bailey didn't forget bailey i wish she could make a little noise i snuggled with her real hard earlier she's a little she's a little cutie all right thanks everyone and good night thanks to smoky bear and homegrown for the interview and if you are looking at the weather report for the weekend and you're thinking that maybe it looks a little too chilly or a little too gray for you Remember that there are two guys still out there just because they want to be. 
And maybe you'll put on your rain slicker and you'll head out and remember that other seasons have magic of their own to offer. That said, being some of the last Northbounders still trying for Katahdin in a main finish, I think that Smoky Bear and Homegrown might need a little extra help as they head for the end. I know we have listeners up north, and some of you have even offered help before. So if there is anybody up in New Hampshire or Maine who is interested in doing a little trail angeling for these two, just shoot an email to me at soundsofthetrail at gmail.com and I'll put you in contact with them. In addition to that, I want to mention that these two guys have been doing a lot of photography and filming during their through hike, and they have a lot of material that they're going to be working through at the end of the trail. And if there's anyone out there who is interested in helping out or is interested in collaborating with them on social media or just with their finished product, they are interested in hearing from you. So once again, if you're interested, if that sounds like something you might want to do, just send an email to me at soundsofthetrail at gmail.com and I'll get everybody in touch. If you just want to get in touch with me or kimchi, you of course can email us for that too. We'd love to hear from you all. If you're interested in getting a Sounds of the Trail sticker, I have bad news. I am all out of stickers, but if we do another printing, we will surely let you all know. And if you're one of the people who has emailed me in the past month and you're wondering why I haven't gotten back to you, I'm really sorry. (laughs) I'm catching up, I promise. Our next episode will have updates from both Kimchi and Part 3 about the end of the trail for them and what they're up to now, so be sure to tune in, and as always... Thanks for listening, and happy trails. On the big rock candy mountain, you never have to change your socks. And little streams of alcohol come a-trickling through the rocks. All the railroad bowls at the tip of their hats, and the railroad bowls are all blind. There's a little lake of stew and a whiskey too. You can paddle all around it in your big canoe. On the big rock candy mountain. On the big